Everyone talking the town is up and running at O'Quare, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Another podcast day is upon us on this Thursday, March the 2nd. Uh, having ourselves another podcast, closing up the week, if you will. And there is a plenty to get to today. Obviously, we'll talk about the uh, O'Quare City Council deciding which of those three businesses is getting the liquor license. We'll talk about that. There is a new media outlet coming to town. We will discuss that. And over in the city of Menominee, they are discussing a new city administrator position. Well, a a person to take over that city administrator position. So we will talk about all of that and more coming up. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to us on Spotify and the iHeart app. So many great local podcasts, and one of the ones we've been very excited about is this one in partnership with the Cranky Buzzard, which is a downtown Eau Claire eatery. Opened up in November, took over the former Galloway Grill spot. Sarah and her gang down there putting together a a very fun podcast that talks about the local food scene. And so many people love that EC Foodies Facebook group. Well, this is like the EC Foodies Facebook group, only in podcast form and hosted by people that are actually in the local food scene. So check that out. New podcast. Uh, the debut episode dropped on Wednesday of this week. This Cranky Buzzard podcast. They're going to have guests on talking about the local food scene. They're going to have on local chefs and local food purveyors. This will be a fun podcast. And the, the first one dropped on Wednesday. Another one will drop next week. It's going to be a weekly and there's more than enough stories to fill it up. You will take when you listen to this podcast, you will be hungry, then you'll be grossed out a little, then you'll be hungry again. It it's it's a fun podcast and and really the stories that came out in just the first episode whet the appetite for more coming up in uh subsequent weeks and uh and what have you. So make sure you're taking full advantage of it. Check out that podcast and everything else that we have a brand new Country Jam podcast who came out in which they're talking about a brand new entertainment act coming to Country Jam this this year a burlesque show but you got to check it out you got to check out the podcast uh to find out what exactly it is it's a little on the racier side what they're bringing the Country Jam but you got to listen to the to the podcast episode Uh, to find out exactly what this is. Soon as we are done with this podcast, I am on the road. Blue Gold Women's Basketball at the NCAA Tournament. Got into the tournament. They are playing down in Chicago this weekend. They will play on Friday night. And if they win, they would play on Saturday in the second round of the tournament Friday night taking on Whitman College from Walla Walla Washington yes that is truly a place it is not something that Bugs Bunny came up with in a 1937 Looney Tunes cartoon Walla Walla does exist out in Washington never been there but I can only assume it's a lovely place Blue Gold will take on Whitman 
tomorrow and then uh, well on Friday and then if they win most likely they would take on the University of Chicago on Saturday night going to be a tough one they're all tough ones at this juncture of the year Whitman has won 15 consecutive games they are NCAA tournament tested they've been a program on the rise for the last 10 years they've got a player of the year in their conference that they have for the blue gold women's basketball team it was about a year ago that they hosted the first weekend of the ncaa tournament at zorn arena and boy how much fun was that the old gal her bones shaken maybe one last time packed houses at zorn for those two games last year blue gold's not able to host this year they were a couple of wins shy of earning that right but a reminder to everybody how much fun this time of the year is and even if you just parachute in to follow at this juncture it's a lot of fun and in addition to this you've got girls high school basketball playoffs boys high school basketball playoffs so many games right now that are win and continue and lose and you're done which for even the most casual of supporter and casual observer that's easy to follow there is no standings there isn't any wolf this happens then this happens then that it's win and continue lose and you're done very simple every game is its own miniature championship blue goal women do they have a shot to go deep in the tournament absolutely but the reality is for the last month they did not play well played very mediocre basketball for the last month so they could very well be bounced on friday night if they do not play well that is the reality of it the thing is momentum momentum i always think is is really is is a real thing until something begins until something begins maybe you've been on a on a run of good of good fortune in sales or in business but until the next but that good feel maybe gives you some extra confidence makes you a little looser makes you willing to maybe be a little bit more open to trying something else because you're just feeling it but as soon as the next meeting begins because you made a sale in the previous meeting doesn't mean you're automatically going to make a meet a sale in this one and the same thing if you've been struggling sometimes you're a little tighter but that doesn't mean because you've been struggling that this latest meeting is going to result in a failure. And the same thing in basketball. Blue Golds haven't played well for the last month, but if they had won their last 15 in a row, like Whitman College has, that still would mean no guarantees on Friday night. Check it out. We'll have the game on uh, 105-1. We'll have the game on uh, Friday. That'll be a 5.30 tip, so right in the the heart of when people are getting home and settled so you'll have the game and then go celebrate that night somewhere speaking of celebrating no doubt maybe some libations would be involved in celebrating for some of you out there and that brings us to the old Claire city council which made its decision on the liquor license that vacated the liquor license from the metro and once again, folks, you can go back through the laws, and I know people constantly 
keep hammering the city. Why is there a limit on the liquor license and this and that and all that? That's a state thing. It's not a city of Eau Claire thing. It is a state thing. That's a whole other argument that you've got to take up with somebody else. It is not a city of Eau Claire has limited the number of these certain type of liquor licenses. And the other thing, without getting too deep in the weeds, is that if you don't have this particular liquor license, there are other options, but they tend to have more restrictions and they tend to be more expensive up front. What makes this liquor license so valuable is that it is not a very expensive buy-in to begin with and pretty much allows you to do anything. Whereas the other ones have limitations as to what can be sold and whatnot, and there's a much more expensive upfront cost towards it. So the city of Eau Claire had one of these very valuable liquor licenses come open when the metro had to vacate it. The other thing is an aside. We all know and we've heard the stories of a few businesses that are out there that open the bare minimum and squat on some of these very valuable liquor licenses. And I do believe the city of Eau Claire is familiar with some of those businesses, and that is something that I think they're looking at and whatnot. But those businesses that are squatting, opening up the bare minimum, something to keep an eye on. But I digress. City Council made its decision on Tuesday, and they went with the Good Wives, which is that fairly new eatery opened up in the fall over at the old Mega Foods strip area off of uh, Hastings. That strip mall area that used to have the beautiful Mega Holiday. The Good Wives opened up a few months ago, uh, owned by a, uh, a married uh, female couple, hence the name The Good Wives. And it's opened up to rave reviews, and people have very, been very positive. And they got the liquor license over the Silly Serrano and the Country Jam site, the new Country Jam site, opening up on the north side of the city. And I'll say it right now, I think it was the wrong choice. I, 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 think, it's a, I think it was a poor decision that two days later, I still do not, I can't wrap my head around why they made the decision they did the city council. And, it, and oddly, it infuriates me. And let me explain. This has nothing against the good wives because as we've said on this program before when we were when we were handicapping this i said you've got three entities all equally deserving of it the one that probably then becomes the least deserving because of a tie is the good wives because they've been around the absolute shortest they've done nothing wrong except for the fact that they haven't been open as long or as established as others. And this is a very valuable thing to hand out, that you kind of want to reward those that have been around maybe a little longer, and this allows them to take another step forward. Yes, you can make the argument, hey, others are established, this is a way to establish somebody else, but then you're punishing somebody for having success. You're punishing somebody else for getting through things like COVID and whatnot. The city council was heavily split on this. Now, there was a significant number that voted for the good wives, but it was split. 
eight to three in favor of the Good Wives. Eight for the Good Wives. There was two for Country Jam and one for the Silly Serrano. So it wasn't a consensus. And again, that makes sense. And that does, I think, make you as a city resident comfortable. I think that's a good thing that there was not a consensus. Because there wasn't a clear choice. We've said that numerous times. There was not a clear choice as to who should get it. I still think, though, they had three options. Two were good, and one is a head-scratcher, why you would do it. Now, the commission that didn't give them any recommendation, they saw no holes in anybody's plan. All three of these are, again, organizations and businesses that have had nothing but positives around them. All three had very compelling arguments. But again, they chose the Good Wives, the newest newest spot over Country Jam, which has been established, albeit in a new location, and the Silly Serrano, which, as I said on a podcast here two weeks ago, if you, you know, Country Jam is its own separate thing. If you look at Silly Serrano and the Good Wives as being very similar, they're two local-owned businesses, well, you go with the Silly Serrano because they've been around. The Silly Serrano, and, and I have to stress this too, folks. I've said this before. I have no dog in the fight. But we'll get to that in a moment here. The Silly Serrano has been here. They've done good things. They've been here. They've done good things. Their, part of their argument was, hey, they're a Mexican restaurant. They want to start doing more dinners, competing with the likes of Cancun and whatnot. And they can't really do that without being able to serve margaritas. And they can't serve margaritas without a liquor license like this. Silly Serrano is a business that opened up downtown, survived COVID, then purchased the old living room on the north side of Madison. They've, re- they've kept that building from, basically it was going to just deteriorate. They've turned that now into another location. They've been a success story. Then you've got Country Jam, a major economic driver for the area. Now the only thing is what hurts them and as... Country Jam flat out admitted at, to the city council they can afford the more expensive alternatives. They can't afford the more expensive alternatives and they're going to go and pay for the more expensive alternative. But they are a major economic driver. They have been a great partner for the community. So I look at Silly Serrano, been here for a while, local business, made it work downtown and then have opened up and then have then moved to another spot and have brought new life to another building and I look at Country Jam major economic driver so I'm flummoxed as to why anyone would choose the good wives out of this and especially the good wives over silly Serrano as I said the good wives, the only thing they did wrong is they haven't been open as long. 
That's nothing wrong with that. You start up a new business. But pay your dues. Silly Serrano has. Silly Serrano has. The Goodwives argues that, of course, they want to be a little bit more of a higher-scale eatery, and they are able to serve beer right now, but without liquor and fancier drinks, it kind of limits a little bit of their income level. People go somewhere else to have their cocktails, and then they'll come to their eatery. It kind of hurts their sort of, as they argue, kind of puts a ceiling on them right now. And I'm not, I'm not, a, you know, saying that's not true. But it's the same thing for Silly Serrano. They've got a ceiling because they can't have the margaritas. I'm okay with not picking Country Jam. I'm okay with with that, even though you can make a very strong argument over their economic impact to this area. But to choose the good wise over Silly Serrano still is a head-scratcher. All things being equal, and nothing has come out to let, us th- to let us know that, well, you have to choose the good wise over Silly Serrano. Again, this decision infuriates me, and unless someone from the city council can articulate why, and I'll tell you, I'm 99 convinced, 99% convinced, whatever they tell me, they won't be able to combat my argument that Silly Serrano has been around longer. Tell me why you don't want to reward a local business that's been around five years and got through COVID. Why? And if you're going to say, well, they're established, we're trying to help this other person establish. BS. That's absolute BS. And again, I have no stake in this. I ate at Silly Serrano once when it was downtown. I thought it was okay. I'm not about to go run to Silly Serrano again. But it wasn't bad. It's just not in my rotation. At the same time, I haven't been to the Good Wives at all, but I actually want to go. I've heard nothing but good things, and I want to go to the Good Wives. I'm not against the Good Wives. I want to go. I'm trying to get that on the rotation, on the schedule. It's a little bit more of a higher class eatery, so it's not the sort of thing you're going to pop into for lunch wearing jeans and a polo shirt. So I want to get that on the list. It seems like it is a fine eatery. Maybe a little bit more expensive, but you get what you pay for. I'm excited about that. If anything, Country Jam is obviously a partner of ours. They do a podcast with ours, with us. And I'm telling you, they're the one out of the three that if you say, I'm going to eliminate them first, I go, painfully okay, because if you decide I want to give it to a smaller restaurant in town that's established as a year-round entity, okay, Country Jam has 100% plans to be a year-round entity on their new location and may very well be you know, very valuable in that. But if you want to tell me, hey, Scott, I don't want to give it to them yet because they're not established as a year-round entity, I go, okay, okay. But then why aren't you giving it to this? Then why are you giving it to the good wise? See, you're already playing the game of, well, I don't want to give it to one. They're not established yet. They're, t- they're too young. 
Well, you're not giving it to one because they're too young. You're not giving it to another because they're too old. This isn't Goldilocks and porridge. So I, I still scratch my head why the good wives got it over Silly Serrano, all things being equal. And this is not a, oh, my God, good wives is terrible and Silly Serrano's awesome. No, I'm telling you the only reason. The only reason I am so infuriated and why I angle towards Sully Serrano is that all things being equal, give it to the people that have been around longer and should be rewarded. Survived COVID. Survived through a very tough time for restaurants and have reopened in another location You cannot exp- you cannot explain that out to me. All right, continuing on, Marshfield Clinic news coming down. Uh, some three was it three hundred people statewide losing their jobs now. Only twelve locally are going to lose their job at Marshfield Clinic. The various locations in the area. Uh, it's only 12, so from a community standpoint, it's not much of an impact. But always remember this, to any one of those families and those individuals, it might as well be $1 million. The impact is, is huge. News coming down a couple of days ago, and I saw this coming. Uh, didn't hear that, it was, that something was imminent, but I saw it coming because you've been seeing a lot of stories recently. Uh, and frankly, if you're on Facebook in the area, you've been seeing more of their stuff popping up over the last month. Uh, but this group called Civic Media is purchasing 105.7 FM and 93.5 FM here in Chippewa Falls and Eau Claire. This is the old uh, Bushman radio stations that's been owned by another group for the last year that they've pretty much been, they were looking just to flip it. There hasn't been a local presence there uh, at all. But Civic Media is going to purchase this. Uh, Civic Media is owned by a couple of guys downstate. Uh, they've started this up about three years ago. One guy is a tech gazillionaire, all right? Wipes his rear end with $1,000 bills. I say that half-jokingly. The guy's got a lot of money. The other guy has some money as well, but he's not a gazillionaire. But they're two guys from down in the Madison area. The one guy who doesn't have as much money has always wanted to do a statewide radio network and radio shows, and the other guy had a lot of money uh, for that. And what they've done is they've purchased various stations around the area, they've been built around the state, and they've been building up a network. And it's kind of unique. It's a little different than some of these other statewide networks in which they buy up these stations. Each station is its own entity, and s- some stations have their own shows, and then they've got shows that are on the whole network, and then they've got some shows that are on four or five of the stations. The thing is they've bought up these stations. They've kept some things the same. They've added in some new things, but the whole idea is to make things local and regional. They focus on state programs with a mix of local uh, the one owner, the guy that doesn't have as much money, he does a, a drive-time political talk show, so basically bought, bought all these stations so he can put himself on the air. <laughs> Sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> Pot-calling kettle black. Uh, 
I wish them the best of luck, and if they truly have a local presence in this area, which has lacked on local radio, that would be great for the community, whether they do a local talk show. I, I mean, a local talk show, and they, you know, they bring back some more local high school sports, which have kind of dipped away in the last uh, couple of years. They do that, some local theme programming, and that uh, I look forward to reaching out to them. Uh, the only thing is, a lot of these stations that they buy have already had a local presence. Well, there isn't a local presence with these stations they're buying. So they will have to completely establish offices, a studio, a team. And if they do that, fine. If all this becomes is they buy this and it's got that one owner's radio show in the afternoon and a couple of other shows that originate from elsewhere, then it's kind of a missed opportunity for our area media-wise. I hope they come in, they establish a local office, they establish a local on-air presence, local on-air talent, in addition to you know, the, the local staff you'll need, including salespeople and uh, some administrators, but very importantly, you have stuff that originates out of a studio in Eau Claire. I think that's uh, a big opportunity for this area, and if I'm the two big radio groups in the area, I would be a little nervous if these guys come in and are able to establish it. The thing is about this, because you see it all, all, all over the place, th they're definitely not conservative radio. They're definitely not conservative talk radio. It's up in the air as to whether they are liberal radio, though. I have not listened to much of their programming. Do not, I, I'm not going to trust what I read on Facebook comments, but it is up in the air as to what they are. Do they lean one way or the other? Or they like this program where one, you know, we'll, we'll side with the right in some areas and we side with the left in others. It'll be intriguing to see. Uh, one last thing here before we dip away for today. Uh, over in Menominee, they are down to the final four candidates for their soon-to-be-vacated city administrator position. And, of course, after the, the liquor license decision in Eau Claire, I don't know if I should be handicapping these at all. But on Wednesday night, a few dozen people went to City Hall to hear from the candidates for the city administrator position. One of them is Eric Atkinson, the police chief. We've had him on some of our podcasts over in the Menominee area, but a well-established in the community, Eric Atkinson. There is a Stephen Lee, who is a Menominee native, who's moved back to town. He uh, left the area after high school, kicked around, uh, went to college in Iowa, then he went to Washington, D.C., eventually spent a lot of years as an attorney in Hong Kong, uh, and now he's back in the area. The thing that I found interesting about Stephen Lee, and this is th this is why I think yeah, I, he's already a long shot to begin with, because you look at all the, the he refused to divulge his name, his age. He was asked. He refused to give his age. Refused. Not that his age is unknown. He flat out refused to give his age. That's not good when your competitors are. And I get it. You want to kind of fight the idea of age and, and all that. But when the rest of the people are given their age, don't. 
exactly for the reason why we're talking about it. You're giving us a reason to cross you off the list. Bad, you know, bad job out of Stephen Lee and uh, all that. Uh, Randall Rieg is another candidate. He spent years as a city administrator at Thorpe and most recently has been working in Boston as the city administrator. And then the dark horse, I think, is this Jason Roloff, who's only 29, but he's a budget analyst for the city of Eau Claire. Now, if I am going to, again, handicap this, and we long since know I've been very bad at this all of a sudden, I'd put Eric Atkinson as number one, established in the area, police chief. He's got a very good rapport in the area. Now, being the police chief and the city administrator are two different jobs. But I'd put him at number one, but as a close number two, and I don't know him, but I would go with this Jason Roloff from the city of Eau Claire. And you're going to go, you're going to go with him over the people with some experience, maybe this Randall Reig with experience. And I go, yeah, because here's somebody, it's about to turn 30. He's got experience in city government. The city administrator job is much more closely financial than it is anything else. And here's the opportunity at somebody at 30. Maybe you're going to have him for 20, 30 years in that position. And a chance to also bring in some, from some new blood. The person you're replacing has been there for many, many years. Bring in somebody younger. Bring in somebody that maybe you're going to be also able to not boss around in a bad way, but in a way of saying, hey, you know, you're taking over somebody who's been here for a long time, was very well liked and respected. We're going to bring you along slowly as well. The only one I would cross off the list immediately, and it has nothing to do with his credentials, is Stephen Lee. He gave you a reason to cross him off the list because he made news because he refused to divulge his age. And by the way, it doesn't look like he's like, old he's not like 99 and wants to hide that sometimes the key about getting hired is just simply not giving people reason to not hire you of course we all know what's going to happen Stephen Lee's going to get the job <laughs> I've been bad at this uh, trying to handicap these alright that's going to do it for today's edition of Talk of the Town back with you on Tuesday I believe Tuesday will be a recorded vehicle but we will have another edition of Talk of the Town on Tuesday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody. Here at Eau Claire Hometown Media, we're proud to have as one of our longest-serving partners the fine folks with Stokes, Proc, and Munt Funeral Chapel and the Cremation Society of Wisconsin. Right here, Randy tells us why cremation has become so popular in our area, around 80% in Eau Claire County alone. Well, it takes a lot of stress off the family because, you know, if their parents come in and do that, uh, that's the ultimate gift they can give to their kids because so often people don't want to talk about this. When people prearrange and prepay, people like that. And it gives them financial security because 
That money is in an irrevocable trust. Nobody can touch it in, until the time of death. And then there's less of a financial burden on the kids. Because a lot of times their parents don't tell them what their asset situation is. You know, they keep that private.